Business, business rap of the day. It is exactly 7.59 on Metro FM. Joining us for our business wrap tonight, Pinda Mangolotti, Head of Trading at Merit Securities. Good evening to you, Pinda. Tell me hi. Long time no speak. Yes, lovely to be chatting to you once again. Well, let's get straight into it. Looking at SAA, it's been topical. We've been talking about it for quite a while now. But finally, it seems like a light at the end of the tunnel, would you say, with uh, the 2 billion rand and the further 2 billion rand in, uh, in guarantees from, from Treasury? Um, Treasury and also existing um, lenders to, to the national carrier. Um, just, to, uh, just to make sure that I... Um, I get the timeline right. So I think it was around about this time yesterday where we we got hold of a statement um, where um, almost a directive from the president um, saying that uh, the national carrier needs to be put on uh, voluntary business rescue. And you fast forward to today um, very early, and then we had the uh, public enterprise minister uh, then pronouncing on the two billion rands from... Uh, from Treasury and also from the existing lenders uh, of the national carrier. And about a um, about an hour or so, or so ago, um, then there was a confirmation um, that the SAA board has actually applied for that business rescue. Remember, um, neither the president or the uh, or the minister um, have the power to actually um, force. The, the 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 carrier to go into into the business search. It needed to be the uh, the board, and we got those details. And the one other critical um, um, factor um, part of this whole um, proposed restructuring is the fact that there needs to be a practitioner. Maybe you guys have the details because I I haven't gotten wind as yet in terms of who has now been appointed um, to be the, the, the business practitioner who's going to oversee this, uh, the, this process. You, you, you're quite right, Pinda. I mean, that is the latest uh, regarding that. And, and the news came out not too long ago. It's Liz Mattison uh, who's been appointed as the, the rescue um, the practitioner. And according to um, the, the profile, he is of Mattison Associates. Uh, he is uh, a very respected business advisor and, and a turnaround sp- a strategist and uh, a senior business rescue practitioner and has been doing this for about 35 years, um, they say. So, I mean, he's also worked on some rather high-profile, um, you know, recoveries like uh, Ellerin's, um, for example. And, and so he seems to come highly, highly recommended from what we see. No, brilliant. Um, I guess, um, or rather, I hope that 35 years is actually going to come through um, with regards to SAA, um, because um, it's going to be a very daunting task. Um, remember, when he when he designs the the, the rescue plan or the business plan, um, he then needs to pro- uh, he then needs to present that to um, to the board, including the stakeholders. And in those stakeholders, remember, there's also government. Um, so it, it, it's going to be it's going to be tricky for him. But um, they, uh, up to now, there hasn't been any sort of um, viable um, proposal being put on the table, which could uh, which could um, save the, the the state airline, um, basically of all the losses, and also um, sort of like taking pressure off our shoulders as taxpayers, because we the ones who will be funding this. 
So as part of that business rescue, um, unfortunately, there's going to be casualties in the sense that um, there might be job losses. Right? Some of the things that we'll probably be looking out for um, is, um, is perhaps um, looking at existing um, either um, contracts where uh, there is um, where the, the, the airline either leases um, the aircraft or owning that. Right? So you look at which one is best for uh, for SAA, and also looking at perhaps at certain routes where they could be closed off temporarily, especially if they're not bringing in more revenue for 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 for, for the carrier. Um, but it's going to be a very tricky balance because there's always going to be um, that. Sort of like governmental interference in a sense that government also owns part of SAA. Mm. And, and if you could just break this down for us, uh, Pinda, we are talking about business rescue. Um, it, it is a provision that is made for within the Companies Act. What are the powers that a business rescue practitioner has and, and what is the scope of their responsibility uh, generically? And because SAA, as as you've said, is uh, you know the national carrier, government owned, uh, so so to speak, do these powers that the rescue practitioner have, does it cover SAA as well? Yeah, it does. Remember, as, as I've, I think I've almost alluded to in at the beginning that um, the the neither neither president nor. Uh, the minister has the power to appoint the business practitioner. I have to appoint it by the court, which then ensures independence. Uh, and also in terms of then carrying on with his work in terms of putting together a viable plan, which will make sure that the, um, the national carrier is, uh, you know, still exists in the next 10, 15 years, uh, which would include basically trimming it down um, almost to a bare minimum to ensure that it is profitable. So in as far as his powers goes, um, those, um, I don't think anyone or would, uh, besides the court, uh, would have any power in terms of um, vetoing whatever he would propose um, to the board of SAA and also the, the, the stakeholders. Uh, but literally, um, the, 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 the business rescue is perhaps one alternative um, which would make sure um, that the, the national career does exist because what it does, it actually protects it um, from, uh, you know, from, from its creditors. So basically, while this is ongoing, the creditors do not have power to go and claim against the, the, the national carrier up until um, the, the, the plan is put to, uh, to the table and subsequently or perhaps even um, approved by, by, by the stakeholders. Pina, let's move on to the Government Employees Pension Fund. They, they published uh, their annual report for the year ending March 2019 today, uh, but only reflecting a growth of 0.88%. Uh, what was their target? Um. It's actually quite disappointing if you if you read at what their um, their targeted return uh, for 2018 2019 was it was a mere 2.3 percent um, and yes they did exceed that um, by um, by reporting a return of four uh, percent but if you look at four percent relative to where CPI is um, or rather where CPI was at the beginning of the year because CPI right now is below four percent. Um, so they they unfortunately didn't grow um, pensioners' money um, above the cost of uh, uh, the, the, the you know the general general cost of prices. Um, but I don't think any of us were actually expecting the numbers to shoot the lights out. 
um, why it is a one it is a um, it is a function of the market. Uh, we know our local market um, didn't perform very well in 2018, and in fact, even in 2019, year to date, I mean, like we we're not doing we're not doing um, out of this world returns, uh, but at the same time, we're not uh, we're not down terribly. Uh, so uh, remember, the 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 funds, um, the, the pension funds, are actually heavily invested in listed markets and also off, and, and also um, and, and also offshore assets. So if you if you look at the overall results, um, the uh, as you mentioned, the, the the investment portfolio only returned or their their, their assets grew 0.8 to about 1.818 trillion, um, and the biggest drag there was listed equities, which were down two percent, bonds down to sorry listed equities down one percent, bonds down two percent. Um, where there was a, a a an encouraging highlight. Um, for anyone who was reading these results, was the was the offshore investment or or the collective investment specifically relating to offshore, because that's where most of growth actually came in, where um, those um, the returns from that end came in about 10%. Um, again, two functions. Um, yes, the rest of the world is performing far better compared to South Africa. Um, however, and also the second one is then the the currency, the currency translation. Um, where when we bring those in and with a weaker currency, that means um, then the, the GEPF, so a really good returns. Um, but like I said, I mean, the, the, the numbers were not particularly great, but if you look at what the general market was doing, they're understandable. Um, and also, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. move quickly to Dimension Data, selling off the office complex, the campus in Bryanston, to a consortium of black women investors. What does this do for, for Dimension Data, and who are these women? Um, all right, so so this this now brings to uh, to this now brings the the BE deals that Dimension Data have done year to date to two. Um, the first one was a 15% equity to existing um, employees through an employee share um, share ownership plan, and also now the last one, which you just um, mentioned now in your introduction, where they sold um, the campus, which is just up now, up Main Road. Um, the, then what this does in terms of their overall BEE, it actually improves it quite a bit um, from a level four to a level one, sorry, a level two. Um, and if you look at now, the total black ownership um, of dimension data is above that threshold of 50%. It's currently around about 51%. Um, in terms of this consortium, um, so this is um, this is true. Um, this is true. Um, identity property fund. Um, uh, who is identity property fund? Um, basically, identity property fund is a fund um, that is managed by identity fund managers. Who identity fund managers is a is a business unit of identity capital, which is a private equity um, based here in South Africa. Um, they, in terms of the deal details, um, there isn't much, unfortunately. Um, like I mentioned, this is a private company. Um, so normally those details, um, one will probably have to request it from the company versus a, uh, a listed company where those will be made readily available. So we don't know what yield um, this property was sold at. Uh, and also we know for that identity capital, this is not their first time in terms of exposure into the property uh, market locally. They do have a, an exposure to 
Delta, um, a listed property fund manager, uh, sorry, a listed property fund uh, through the JSE, and that you would remember that that is a subject of a merger between um, Delta and Rebosis. That one is also ongoing. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's it's good for dimension data, uh, and in fact, um, this comes on the heels of yet another deal which was done within the property sector now to Vukila Property, which they sold 700 million rands worth. Um, of uh, um, of their property of their property portfolio right, to a uh, to a another woman um, um, owned and managed um, vehicle Mbako property fund. Let's do this, uh, Pinda. Take a very quick break, a quick water break, and when we come back, let's chat about Black Friday and how that has affected the markets, specifically retailers. It is exactly eight eleven right here on Metro FM Talk in conversation with Pinda Mangolotti, the head of trading at Merit Securities, as we do our business wrap. on Metro FM Talk. This is the business wrap right here on Metro FM Talk. We are in conversation with Pinda Mangolotti, Head of Trading at Merit Securities. The last one that we'll chat about tonight, uh, Pinda, is Black Friday, which uh, clearly had a lot of South Africans and, and a lot of foreigners as well in a frenzy. Uh, tell us about the billions that retailers got from Black Friday. Yeah. Um, did you think Black Friday? <laughs> did, did I participate in it? Yeah. Not at all. Not but why not? Um, because, I, I, uh, if, I, I, if I, I you... tell you what, um, yeah. I'm, I'm the type of person, I, I, there's nothing that I needed. And, and so I didn't want to get something just because it was you know, cheaper or, or a, a more affordable price or whatever the case may be because there's nothing that I needed. Um, tell you what, Tommy, uh, I hear what you're saying. Um, I just want to tell you for free that um, unfortunately by you sitting on the fence, um, I don't think our, our fourth quarter GDP numbers are going to be that great. <laughs> Remember, you and I, we still drive the economy through our expenditure. <laughs> oh, trust me. I, I don't think my uh, five cents would have contributed to the six billion rand that retailers ultimately got. Trust me on that one. Yeah, it, it's a collective effort. <laughs> <laughs> takes teamwork to make the dream work. Yeah, Black <laughs> Friday. Um, I mean, if you if one looks at the at the figures um, being released by um, some of the houses that actually do track uh, the online transactions, um, it seems to be getting um, bigger and bigger. Um, we this year um, consumers spent about six billion rand, uh, which was well in double digits in terms of growth what we saw uh, we saw last year. Um, look, it's it, it's a once-off event in 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 a year. Right? It's a one-day event, uh, which unfortunately, um, look, it does play part, but not in the bigger scheme of things. Uh, because if you look at um, if you look at year-to-date retail sales, unfortunately, it's been hit and miss. And if you look at some of the results that have been coming out of our retail players, the Woolies, the uh, the Mr. Prices of this. So I think the, the last one uh, that Abong and I we spoke about was uh, was Mr. Price. We um, they were unfortunately um, uh, forced to sort of like mark down a lot of their goods in in trying to get them out of the floor uh, to open up for a new season. Uh, so it does contribute, but not that much. But, but the, the the fact that um, the fact that you know it's it's uh, it's gaining momentum uh, from the previous years, uh, it's uh, you know it it it, it definitely is going to make a difference uh, in terms of uh, in terms especially of the last quarter 
um, sales numbers that are going to be coming out of these retailers. Um, and as I've said, in terms of um, the, the retail sales year to date, it might improve slightly, uh, but it's not going to be. Uh, it, it, I don't think it's going to it's going to move the needle as far as our last quarter uh, in the bigger scheme of things. But um, look, I mean, like, who do, who doesn't want uh, who, who who doesn't like a uh, a discounted price? Um, certainly not me. But I literally <laughs> would love and jump into those opportunities. Uh, but yeah, um, good on for South Africans. Um, you know, in 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 terms of one waiting for this particular event, uh, in fact, even using it as a um, as an event where, as opposed to now shopping for your Christmas. In December, rather you take advantage of these discounted items and uh, and stock up for your um, for your for 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 your Christmas um, shopping. And uh, yeah, man, it's it's a, it's a good event. Um, it could uh, it could last longer, right? um, but I think uh, I think the fact that we we're getting into the spirit more and more um, as 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 a consumer, it's, it's it it can only be good for our retailers. It certainly is, Pinda. Always a pleasure chatting to you. You have yourself a great evening further. You too. Thank you. That's Pinda Mangoloto, the head of trading at Merit Securities. And I find it quite interesting, actually, the fact that we as South Africans went out and, and spent six billion rand, specifically considering uh, the rate of unemployment that we have in the country and, and the way that our economy has been performing. So I think uh, retail therapy seems to be the self-prescribed medication for so many of us, uh, putting big smiles on the faces of retailers come festive season. It is exactly 17 minutes after 8 o'clock. This is Metro FM Talk. On the other side of this, we talk culture, we talk art, we talk curatorship. Yes, all of those things with Ruzi Rusiki, who is the head curator and manager at the Melrose Gallery.